Hey guys, it's Scott. I just want to thank you for tuning into the Blue Ridge Church podcast. You know, I hope this is encouraging to you. I hope it's inspiring to you. And I pray most of all, it's going to help you on your faith journey. So enjoy today. Well, good morning, Blue Ridge Church. It's great to see you today and give you a little laugh to start the day off with. Uh, listen, if this is your first time joining us here or on, with our online campus, man, we're so glad that you've joined us. And I think you've joined us really at a good time because today we're kicking off a new series, a relationship series, a much needed, anticipated relationship series called Relationship Playbook. And let's face it, you know, we can't avoid relationships in life, right? So it's probably best that we put the time, energy, and effort into improving our relationships so we can be the best possible person we can be with the people that God places around us. I mean, if you think about it, we've got relationships that impact us every day of our life. We could literally talk about relationships every Sunday, and I don't think it would be enough because we've got work relationships, we've got friend relationships, we've got dating relationships, marriage relationships, hopefully not those two at the same time, right? We've got all kinds of relationships in our life, and, the, and it's something we can't avoid. So if you're with us and you are single, I'm just going to ask that you don't tune me out. Because I know a lot of times when we talk relationships, we do have to focus somewhat on a marriage or a dating relationship, but we're not going to exclude all the other relationships that we have. As a matter of fact, if you're single and you're not dating somebody, it will prepare you when you do that, if you decide you want to do that, or it prepares you as you head down that path. Maybe you're engaged and you're thinking about getting married. And then the other group I would probably say something to is if you are dating, you've been dating for a long time, or maybe you're engaged, don't tune me out thinking that you have found the perfect person that they have no flaws, no issues. We've got all of this figured out because you don't. And the person you're with does have a lot of flaws. You just don't know them yet. You haven't seen them yet. But we're going to try to cover all different aspects of relationships. And, and what we talk about will work in any of them. Really, the goal of this series is that we have healthy relationships. We build important relationships, all right? And God-honoring relationships. We want our relationships to line up with what God says we need to do in life and how we need to be in life. So we'll look at relationships from multiple different areas. We're going to see how God created us. We're going to see how God created other people different than us and how that can still work together. We're going to look at personality and temperament. You know, what's, what's our personality, what's our temperament in, in life? And what we're going to discover, at least today, is that your personality could be totally different than somebody else, but they can still work in harmony if we're willing to make some adjustments in our life and in our relationship. Then we're going to look at how to handle conflict. Anybody got any, con don't raise your hand. Anybody got any conflict, though, going on in, in their in their marriage or in their dating relationship or at work? Of course you do. That's why some of you are here. It's like, I'm, I'm going. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hear how to handle conflict. We will cover that and we'll talk about conflict. Because listen, if you're breathing, 
if you're interacting with other people, you're going to have disagreements, right? You're going to have conflict. And then we're going to look at flexibility and adaptability. In other words, how willing are we to adapt to another human being? How willing are we to change to make that relationship go the distance or to improve that relationship? And then we'll look at um, communication. Communication is key in any type of relationship we have, right? I've got a certain communication style that's comfortable to me, but you've got a different communication style. And sometimes we're not on the same page as style when we're interacting with other people. So again, there's things we can learn and there's things we can do different. And then what I want to talk about too, and we'll do that the last week, is what happens if we do this, if we do everything we talk about in this series and we we make some changes and modifications in our own life and then our relationship doesn't work? What if if the friendship ends or the marriage ends? What if the, the dating relationship just doesn't work out? Because I think we need to talk about that. And I think that's a topic that churches like to shy away from because we don't want to think that, oh, well, this relationship could end. But they do. They end all the time. So I think we need to prepare ourselves for that and, you know, prepare the person we're in a relationship with for that. So the, the good news is if we will do the things that we're going to talk about and we'll implement them into our life, then the chance of success for our relationships goes way up right? The chance of it ending goes down. And again, this is so important because we are going to be in relationships all the time. God created us in such a way we have to be in relationships and he desires for us to have loving relationships. You can't read the scripture and walk away thinking, well, God doesn't want us to love in our relationships. He does. He wants us to love each other. He wants us to care for each other. He wants us to minister to each other, to help each other. As a matter of fact, the first verse we're going to look at today, 1 Peter 4, 8, kind of sums this up. And if you want to follow along with our notes, you can scan that QR code in your seat back or you can download the Church Center app or online. They'll send you a link to follow on. But most important of all, continue to show deep love for each other for love covers a multitude of sins. That's pretty simple, isn't it? But love done the right way, it allows us to overlook wrongs and work through a lot of the things in not only our own lives, but in the lives with other people. Love allows us to forgive, to see the forgiveness that we've received and be able to pass it on to someone that we have a relationship with. So today I want to talk about personality and temperament. And we all have a personality and all of our personalities are different. And I will tell you at the end of today, I'm going to ask you to make some adjustments depending on what kind of relationship you're in, but you can't change your personality. All right. Nobody can come to you and say, you have to change your overall personality. Let's say you are introverted. And somebody comes to you and and introverted, you know, you need some quiet time. You need some time alone. People suck the life out of you if you're around them too long. That's an introvert. So let's say you're introverted and somebody comes and says, you know, Scott, you're going to have to be extroverted from now on or you're not going to be successful in life. Well, you can't do that. 
All right? You can maybe modify some things, but you can't change the underlying personality that God's given you. The basic hardwiring is always there for our personality. But what we'll learn is our tendencies towards our personality and then how we can better manage those depending on the type of relationship we're in. And the thing about your personality, it's comfortable to you, right? When I'm operating within my personality, it's comfortable to me. God gave you that, that difference in personality. So if you're taking notes, learning number one, our personality has a big impact on how we interact with others, right? It determines how we interact in our different relationships. It doesn't mean that I can't act differently, but I'm going to feel more natural and more myself when I'm acting in my God-given natural personalities. And, And no personality is right or wrong. They're just different, right? Don't think you've got the right one or this person has the wrong one. They're just different. So think about relationships for a minute. How many, and you don't have to raise your hands or comment in the, cha- in the chat, but how many of us prefer superficial relationships in life or shallow relationships in life? None of us, right? We don't, we don't like just surface level relationships all the time, but the reality is because of the way we live, because of the culture we live in, because of the pace that we go in life, because of all the things on our list that we need to do, often our relationships are shallow and they're superficial. They're not the deep, meaningful, loving relationships that God desires for us to have. The relation, and listen, I also understand that the relationships that we have are different. Right, the relationship you have maybe with the the clerk at the store or your lawyer is different than the relationship you're gonna have with your coworkers. Because you're working with your coworkers all the time, you only see the store clerk every so often. That relationship's different. Also understand the relationship that you have at work with your boss, with your coworkers, is different than the relationship you're gonna have with your immediate family. Right? And, the, and the relationship you have with your immediate family is going to be different than the relationship you have with your kids and your spouse. But just because they're different or just because the depth of one relationship is, is different than another relationship, you know, it doesn't mean that we can't be authentic and real in all of them. It doesn't mean we can't be cognizant of the other person and their differences when we're trying to build a relationship with them. And I guess the other benefit to us is not only are we trying to get our relationships lined up the way God wants us to be, you know, deeper and more meaningful and loving, but it also helps to grow us when our relationships are working. It helps to strengthen us as well. So let's talk about personality. And I want to start with personality because I think personality is going to impact each week that we talk after this, right? It's kind of the, the foundation or the starting point. And I've asked Matt to come one week and share with us uh, his perspective. He always brings a great perspective, a younger perspective. And so I'm looking forward to hearing from him. But the more we understand how God wired us, the more we understand how God wired other people, the easier it's going to be for us to go beyond the superficial, beyond 
the, the shallowness and we can go deeper in our relationships and ultimately get to what Jesus wants to, to give and receive love within those relationships. And, and ultimately that's what he calls us to do. And that should be our, our goal. And listen, maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you don't even know where you stand on the faith journey. It's okay. The things we talk about in this series, you can still apply to your relationships and it will improve them. Guarantee that's going to work. But to love properly in the relationships, we have to start seeing the world from the other person's perspective, right? We have to start empathizing with people and seeing where they're at in life to be able to make that relationship better. We can't just look at our relationships one-sided and how it's affecting us, right? Uh, You know, basic marriage counseling 101, you have to start seeing the aspect from your partner. But listen to 1 Peter 3, 8. I love these instructions from the Lord. Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. That's a pretty tall task, isn't it? To be sympathetic, to be like-minded, to be compassionate, humble, to love each other. Why do these things matter? Because compassion and sympathy or or empathy and and, and like-minded, being humble, that's what allows us to start seeing the world from maybe our partner's perspective or our co-worker's perspective, right? That humility and compassion opens our eyes to be able to walk in somebody else's shoes. And I've told you before, we never know what another human being is going through in life on any given day. But these things, if we'll do them, allows us to fulfill a lot of God's requests and God's commands in the scripture. Like Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, our very next verse, says, Share each other's troubles and problems, and so obey our Lord's command. So if we're going to share each other's troubles and problems, if we have empathy and humility and compassion and we're like-minded and loving, we're going to be able to do that. Or we can do Romans chapter 12, verse 14 through 16. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath, even when your team loses. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. So when we're full of compassion and humility, we can bless our enemies. We can be happy when our friends are happy and we can mourn with them when they mourn. So before we jump in and look at differences in personalities, I want to talk about some things that are similar in our personalities. Because if we can understand the basics of personalities, again, we can better understand ourselves and we can better understand other people. Well, one thing about personalities Uh, that's the same is our personalities can be seen, right? We often wear our personality and you can tell a lot about another person just by observing them, just by watching them. Think about how uh, some people select a restaurant to eat at. You know, they, they do all this research and they go on Yelp and all these restaurant connoisseur sites and then they'll even post it on social media. You know, uh, where do you get the best fish sandwich in Christiansburg? And they'll let all their friends chime in on what their 
opinion is. Other people, they're hungry and they just go eat, right? They just go to a restaurant. If it's not any good, I'm not going to eat there again. But you can tell a lot about a person just by observing them or how they purchase something. Some of us are very impulsive. Yeah, I needed a toothbrush. I just went and bought one, right? Other people, they'll investigate it to death and their teeth will fall out before they go buy one, right? So a lot of our personality can be seen because we wear it on our shoulders. Here's something else that's common about our personalities. Not only can they be seen, but God chose our personality. He gave it to us. He had you in mind when he gave you your specific personality. And yes, you can modify parts of it, but the foundation is there. And that foundation represents what your natural tendencies are in life. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Have you ever thought about that? You're a masterpiece. God created you. He didn't just mass produce us. He thought about us individually. And he gave you certain temperaments and, and a certain personality. David said it like this, Psalm 139, 14. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. So our godly design includes what we're talking about today, our personality, and it's unique to us. No two personalities are exactly the same. So it was given to us by God. It can be seen. You can observe it in people. Something else about personalities that's similar is they're predictable, right? Our, our personalities are predictable. How many times have you said, I knew you were going to say that, right? Or I knew you were going to do that. I've been married to my wife for so long, I can pretty much predict how she's going to respond or react to certain situations. I just know because I've been with her so long, this is how she's going to react to this. This is what she's going to do or she's not going to do. You, you can do this. You can probably do it with your spouse if you've been married for a while, or you can do it with your sibling. You know, maybe you've got a sibling and you're really close and you're just always together. You know pretty much how they're going to do certain things or how they're going to respond to certain things. Good friends know this. If you work with people long enough, you're predictable. Their personality is predictable. And that's a good thing because in a, in a relationship, especially in a marriage, predictability can bring security into that marriage, right? Why, you know, you can anticipate things on behalf of your spouse and you can react appropriately. You know, there's just certain ways you word things to your spouse that you may not word it the same way to your boss or a coworker. You're just simply, you know, because of their predictability and you're anticipating that out of love. Another thing about our personalities that's similar is we all need our personality needs met, right? The needs of our personality have to be met. If you're, you know, an extrovert, that needs got to be met. You got to be around people to get your energy. I'll give you a perfect example. So one thing my wife and I like to do is we love to do projects, home projects. And we've had multiple homes and we've done a lot of work on all those homes, but we enjoy doing that together. 
Well, she is more methodical and planned out and structured than I am. So she needs to have every single detail planned out in her mind and written down on paper. Or she's got to do a little plan, you know, a little floor plan and design it all out. But she's got to know specifically what's going to happen. Me, on the other hand, I'm not quite wired that way, right? I got the sledgehammer in one hand, the bucket of tools in the other, and I'm just ready to get it done. Let's, let's get started. Let's work through this. I'm not, I think about it a little bit, but then I'm off to the races. And if a challenge comes up or something I wasn't anticipating comes up, guess what? I just adjust. I make a decision. I'm decisive. All right, we're going to do this, and I'll fix the problem. But that drives her crazy. It makes her anxiety go through the roof. And then the crazy thing is then she gets irritated with me. I know, right? I don't understand how she could do that either. But then the moment she starts asking me too many questions and why are you doing it that way and why didn't you do this first and, and why, why this, then I start to get frustrated because I have that need, that personality need that says get her done, right? I, I got to see every day a sense of accomplishment. I, I got something done today. Oh, that looks good. You know, she doesn't need that. Her personality need is I need you to think before you just start tearing stuff up, right? So here's, here's what we've learned with our different personality types over the years. She just needs to stay out of my way. No, she's not in here, I hope. We've learned that I have to slow down until she gets it straight in her mind and she draws it out or, or plans it out. But she's learned I've got to get it straight in my mind quicker and on paper quicker so he can start. And, and it just works better when we take each other's personality needs into consideration. But the truth is all of our personalities are like that. We have to have that need met. In everything we do in life, we're trying to get that personality need met. So if you can understand the person you're in a relationship with, their personality needs and adjust, things just go a lot smoother. And, and, and something else we need to realize when it comes to personalities, our greatest strength could actually become our greatest weakness in a relationship. We see it as a strength in our personality, but it's a weakness to the person we're trying to build a relationship with if we don't manage it properly, right? If we're not cognizant of, all right, this strength in me is a weakness in somebody else. But the good news is any weakness, Romans 8, 26, just a friendly reminder, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Doesn't matter what that weakness is. It could be your personality traits interacting with other people. The Holy Spirit will help us. Christ will use our weaknesses for good. Again, we need that personality need personally satisfied in the things we do, but if we don't manage it properly, the worst part of us is going to come out. It really is. So we can improve it. We can manage our tendencies. We're constantly building our personality throughout our life. Yes, the foundation's there, that part we can't change, but I can choose which aspects of my personality to highlight in certain relationships, and then I can choose which part of my personality to kind of 
keep hidden and manage a little better. For example, maybe you are, and, and y'all are going to have to quit looking at each other because all you're going to do is fight all afternoon, all right? But maybe you tend to be opinionated. Got any opinionated people in here? Yes. You know, you can control that. You can better manage that. You know, or maybe you're really direct and to the point. There's no fluff in there. This is how it is. You're direct and to the point. Well, you can manage that, right? You can start, go back to what Jesus said. You know, you can go back and you can start having some sympathy and some compassion when you're communicating with a person that's not so direct and to the point. Maybe you tend to move too fast like I do. You can slow down. Again, for the benefit of the person you're trying to build the relationship with. The whole point is we can improve it. We can adjust it depending on the relationship. There's, again, there's no right or wrong personality. They're just different. So let's put that down. Learning number three, our personality may not mesh with other personalities. So we will have to adjust. So we will have to adjust. We got to be willing to modify ours with the help of the Holy Spirit to make our relationships the best. Usually when a personality doesn't mesh, what do we do? We blame the other person. Well, you're the problem. You're the one with the disconnect. I've got everything going on. But instead of blaming the other person, now we got to say, okay, my personality is this, her personality is this. I can see where I'm causing this as well. Again, it, it just all begins with being more aware of our tendencies, not focusing on what the other person needs to change so much as maybe what you need to modify and change. So we can be in better control of our personality. And, and again, know the specifics of yours and know the specifics of others. And personality tests do a great job in doing this. Some of you are familiar, you know, there's all kinds of personality tests now. You know, when I started my career, there was like two, but, you know, uh, Myers-Briggs and then the Enneagram. Some of y'all have heard of the Enneagram. I don't understand a lot about it. My kids know more about it than I do, but that's the whole point of this is what we're talking about today. The Enneagram model does. It says, okay, Scott, your type is this and here are all the other nine, I think there's 10 types. Here are all the other nine types. And it also tells you not only is this your personality, but it tells you this is how you need to interact with a personality type two and a personality type three and, and so forth, right? So it's brilliant. And that's all we're saying. Know your tendencies and then know how to interact with others. So as I walk through real quickly, just a couple of personality types just keep remembering there is no right or wrong personality type. Just because you have yours doesn't mean that's the one everybody else should have, even though we, we do that. So ask yourself this, are you more focused on people or are you more focused on task? Are you task oriented or are you more people oriented? Now I understand some people can fall somewhere in the middle. That's that's kind of rare, but are you more interested in people's feelings and how they uh, interact with you and how they walk away from that interaction? Or are you more concerned with getting the task completed and getting the job done? And I'll tell you, it takes both 
to make the world spin, doesn't it? It takes both types, people-oriented and task-oriented people. Look at your schools. Look at your place of work. Look at the church, right? It takes both types of people. In, in the church, and, and I'm not saying just because they do this volunteer position that they're automatically task-oriented, but there's people that choose jobs that are more task-oriented, making sure the 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 screens are right, you know, the sound is right, the video, the people that make sure the cars get in the right spot and the coffee gets made. Those are probably task-oriented people or they lean to being task-oriented. But then you got people-oriented people, the ones that stand at the door and, and smile and, and hand you a program or they, you know, greet you at the front door or they check your kids in. Maybe they're more people-oriented, but it takes both types to make the church function, just like your work. Some of you have to be customer facing and you got to take care of the customer and you got to sell the product and you got to, you know, go when things, talk to the customer when things didn't go right. But then there's other people behind the scenes, the bean counters, you know, that are counting the money and well, you've spent too much money and you've done this. It takes all of us. But which one would you say you are? Are you more people oriented or task oriented? In other words, which one comes more naturally to you? You just feel like you're breathing when you're doing it. And if you're task oriented, that means you like checking things off the list. Ching, ching, got that done, got that done, right? You love an assignment. You thrive with getting things done. You love seeing accomplishment. Now there is a downside to your personality and that's this. Your desire to get things done takes precedence often over what other people are dealing with. And you tend to walk on people if you're not careful, okay? If you are people-oriented, then you value people's emotional well-being more than you do getting the task done, right? You're good at reading people and knowing how to quickly respond to make them feel better about the situation. You know, you're friendly. The downside to your personality is you have such a desire for that person's experience in their interaction with you, sometimes you don't get your job done or the things you need to get done in a timely manner, which puts everybody else behind in your workplace or your family or whatever. Again, no right or wrong, but which one would you say that you lean to? And probably the best biblical example is Martha and Mary. In the scripture, you know, Martha was very task oriented and Mary was people oriented. Let's look at it. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Got any Marthas in the room? Right? Tell her to come and help me. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. And all the task-oriented people, their hearts sunk. 
right? I mean, you read that, and you're like, whoa, 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 wait a minute, Jesus. It's almost as if Jesus is saying people-oriented is better than task-oriented. That's not what Jesus was saying. I think what Jesus was saying is, hey, regardless of your personality type, focus on me. Regardless of your personality type, focus on me. And what did he say? I want you to to love in your relationships, deep, meaningful, loving relationships, empathy, humility, sympathy, compassion, like-mindedness. He wasn't saying it's better to be people-oriented. He's saying, I just want you to focus on me. And it's not that we don't serve Jesus like Martha was doing, but the problem is she was so focused on that task without any regard to anything else, she lost her joy in serving Jesus, right? So, and it's the same in the church body, us. There's no holy or right personality for marriage. There's no holy or right personality for parenting or for friendships or anything else. We all have differences and it takes all of us to make the world go round, to make the church work, to make your workplace work, to make our relationships work. Again, recognizing and honoring the differences, that's the key. Another personality trait we could ask is, are you fast-paced or slow-paced? Neither one's right, neither one's wrong. They're just different. Maybe you approach your day like a marathon. Well, I got to do 26.2 miles today. I'm going to pace myself and I'm going to get to the end of the day, and it's going to be great. Others of you, you're like me. You know, you jump out of the bed feet first, and you are ready to take on the world, right? You're doing emails. You're responding to texts that came in last night before you've even gotten in the car to to drive to work. Which one are you? Are you more fast-paced or slow-paced? Probably a great biblical example of fast-paced would be Peter, right? Peter was the first to jump out of the boat and walk on water to go see Jesus. Peter was the first one to whip out his sword and cut that dude's ear off fighting for Jesus. First to say Jesus was the Messiah, wasn't he? First to preach at Pentecost. Maybe you'd say, eh, that's not me. I'm a little more slow-paced. That means you take your time. Slow-paced people are awesome because they figured out what margin is. They actually have margin in their life. Slow-paced people, they don't overschedule. They stop and have a conversation or just enjoy, you know, outside in the scenery. They're measured. They're unhurried. So which one would you say you are? And again, I know there's, there's a lot more depth to personalities than just saying, well, you're either fast-paced or slow-paced, you're task-oriented or people-oriented, or you're introverted, you're extroverted. I get, I get all that. This is just to get our minds thinking, just to scratch the surface of your particular personality and get you to realize your personality is different than all the people you interact with and have relationships with all throughout the day. And you may simply have to adjust to make those relationships deep and meaningful and loving the way God desires, right? So learning number four, understanding personality differences opens the door to empathy, to love, and to deeper relationships. The more we understand about 
our God-given gifts and abilities and personality, the easier it is to love. Because when we understand ourselves, we can start to understand other people and to realize, hey, God's pretty creative. He didn't create us all the same. Just because you're going to react one way doesn't mean your boss is going to react another. So this is just scratching the surface, but to get you to realize, hey, we're different. And I've got to be willing to adjust if I want my relationships to go the distance. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much that you did make us different. Lord, how boring would this world be if we were all the exact same? Help us to realize that our differences can be strengths, but they can also be weaknesses to other people. Help us to start really paying attention to personalities and, Lord, how we can see them, how they're predictable, how we can better manage ourselves with those people that you've placed in our life. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for these people, just uh, their willingness to come and to hear from you. Lord, we want to honor you with our life, and we want to honor you in our relationships. We know if it wasn't for you, we wouldn't have our relationships. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Real quick, uh, next week, bring a friend, right? Now, don't go to your neighbor and say, hey, I know y'all fight all the time. Y'all ought to come church with me next week. No, don't do that. You just invite them and tell them we're in a relationship series, all right? Uh, but, but seriously, bring a friend with you. Uh, we're, we're really excited about being able to help all of us with our relationships. And just something that's kind of way out there that I want you to put on your calendar, uh, Memorial Day weekend and Labor Day weekend, those Sundays we're looking at doing off-site services, uh, an off-site service at Bissett Park. Uh, we were able to reserve those on Friday and do outdoor baptisms and, uh, and, and eat together and provide food and all of us just eat and hang out. So if you're not going to be traveling on Memorial Day or Labor Day, I know they're big travel weekends, but we're going to do river baptisms and hang out as a church family. So go ahead and put that on your calendar if you haven't made your vacation plans. If you will, fill out that connection card. Put as much information on there as you feel comfortable. Uh, if you've got prayer requests, please put those down. We've got a prayer team that's going to pray through those uh, throughout the entire week and lift up those concerns that you have. But it is always great to have you join us, well, uh, our online campus as well. I hope you have a terrific day, whether you're going home to watch basketball, going to a softball game, hanging out with your family or kids. You have a great weekend and a great day next week. God bless you guys.